by William Hallbrook with us. I, uh, I'm not very good at uh, introductions, but uh, the best thing I can say is William's my friend. Mm. Amen. Good morning. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. We do in our congregation. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. One more time, stand up. I know we're, we're worse than the Catholics. It's up and down. It's, you know. I'm going to ask you to uh, hold your Bibles up. We make a positive confession this morning. I'm used to a little table, so I'm just going to set this here, if that's all right. How many are ready for the word this morning? Only three people on this side. All right. Well, come on. <laughs> Let me ask again. How many ready for the word? All right. Say this. I'm ready for the word. You got your Bibles? Hold them up. Say it with me. This is my Father's word. And I have ears to hear today. And a heart that's receptive. I'm not leaving the same today. In Messiah's name. Amen. Now find three people around you. I want you to tell them something. We're going to make a, a positive confession here. I want you to find three people and tell them, I'm not leaving the same today. Would you do that? Three people around you. Go ahead. Tell them, I'm not leaving the same. Do I get another one? Oh, good. Thank you. See, Pastor Ron's taller than I am, so I need to put that down here. I'm going to read to you from Psalm, thank you, 125. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. While we're turning, I'll just say uh, my name is William Hallbrook. I'm the rabbi at Sar Shalom. Messianic congregation, we're a congregation of Jewish and Gentile believers in Jesus. We do believe in Jesus. How many know he is the Messiah? And so people say, well, you don't look Jewish or you don't look like a rabbi. They, I think they're expecting like an old guy with a long beard and the black, you know. So a lot of people are usually surprised. They'll say, well, we were expecting something different. <laughs> I said, well, I am what I am. So, you know. Um, we have a congregation in Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, we are a uh, we believe in the full Bible, the whole Bible. Um, how many know the whole book? The whole book. This is the Father's Word. So we're going to take you into the first covenant and into the second covenant today. I want to show you something as I prayed about. It's interesting, Pastor Ron had asked me to come. And I had a word in my spirit for this body. I just didn't know when. And then you called. And I said, well, I know that this is a word. I want you to understand today that you may, you may have come today any first time First time, any visitors or anything like that. You may have come today and not even expecting. You say, well, it's another Sunday and we might get something out of the Word or whatever. I'm telling you, this is for you today. Every person in this house, this is for you today. So Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord, so Yahweh surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. As the mountains surround Jerusalem. Say that with me. 
As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. Father, we thank you for your word. Touch hearts and minds today. I pray that you speak to people's hearts. Father, we take authority over anything that would try to hinder that. Help your people to see you in the word today. In Jesus' name. All his people said, Amen. Amen. Um, as I prepared this, I, you know, I'm just going to kind of let the Spirit lead this morning. I want to share with you what was on my heart. I love technology. I'm not being rude. I just got to look at my notes. My wife always says, she says, that's so rude. You're on your phone. I said, I'm looking at my notes. So I'm going to look at my notes as I'm teaching here. But when the Father calls us out to a place that he calls us, we start, it's always, how many of you know you're on a spiritual journey? See, I like to walk and I like people to talk to me. So say this with me. I'm on a journey. How many of you believe that? See, we tend to see our journey. The Father starts, and he always takes his people from a low place to a high place. From the low to the high. From the, from the dark, slimy pit of sin and despair and darkness to a high place of where he says, right now we're seated in the what? High places, in the heavenlies, with Messiah. So you, you all are here, but you're also seated. Your spirit is in the high places. You are seated above with the Messiah. Many times we want to focus on that as a people. Okay, so we're saved. We came to know Christ. We're saved here. And then we kind of look at, well, here's our destiny. It's heaven. It's over here somewhere. You know what? We tend to forget that there's a journey in the midst of that. A lot of Christians believe, well, there's heaven here, but we fail to realize that there's a journey. We're on a spiritual journey. How many of you know you're on a spiritual journey? We, we tend to say, well, we're looking forward to heaven. How many are looking forward to heaven this morning? I asked that in my congregation. I said, how many are ready to go to heaven? And about maybe a half of them raised their hands. I said, well, I'm not taking a bus now, guys. Said, well, I think they got scared and said, is he taking us now? No. But we tend to look at heaven as, okay, that's the great, that's the, the great end all. Understand, even there, you're still going to continue to learn things and do things. Do you realize that? You have, we have to learn as a people that heaven is, is, heaven is not just the goal. See, Yeshua, Jesus is the goal, to see his face. To see his face, to have intimate connection with him. Now, we get tastes of that along the way. If you were in ancient Israel, understand if you were called to worship in ancient Israel, uh, let's say a typical worshiper in ancient Israel, the Jewish men were called three times a year to come up to Jerusalem. Everybody say three. At least three times. No matter where you go in Jerusalem, you had to go in Israel. You had to make a journey up. Jerusalem sits up. Sometimes people refer to Jerusalem as Mount Zion. Mount Zion is a high place. It's an elevated place. So it's always up. When you start your journey in the Lord, you're always going from down to up. In fact, if you come into our congregation, you'll see, it's interesting, we have what's called a bima, not a pulpit, but a bima. They call it the bima or the place where the word is read. It's always elevated. It's always up high. You're always coming up into the presence of the Lord. Everybody say up. But it wasn't always easy. In other words, if you were to come to worship today, say we are all going to go to Jerusalem. Well, today we just get in our cars and our planes and we just make our way over. 
It's kind of easy. Friends of mine went to Jerusalem. They said, we got in the bus and they took us up. It was beautiful. It was glorious. And as they come up, they literally, you are making what's called Aliyah. You're going up to the presence of God's city. By the way, do you know that Jesus is coming back? How many know that? How many are excited about that? He really is coming back. He's not a Santa Claus or some story that we hope is true. He's coming back. And he's not coming back to Wayne, Ohio. He's not coming back. What's the name of this town, Pastor? Oh, this is Wayne? Okay. Well, you guys are in the woods. I told Mary I was getting nervous along the way. I was tempted to stop and tip some cows, but I, this is the woods. I mean, we're like way in the country here. I'm not used to this. I get a little nervous. But I finally found it. Praise the Messiah. Um, he's not coming back here, guys. He's coming back to Jerusalem. And listen, we're called to go up and see him. Now, we'll be in glorified bodies. And by the way, I do believe in a rapture. How many have ever heard of the rapture? Even that's a call to come up. So he's calling his people, let's go up, let's go up. Come, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Scripture says we're always making our way up. So think about this. If you were in ancient Israel and you were an Israelite, guys and girls, we would have to make a journey. And it's not an easy one. In fact, on your way to the temple to worship, you had to bring sacrifices and you had to conquer some things because it wasn't an easy journey. As you walk along your journey, you're going to encounter mountains, mountains and hills. Anybody ever been to Israel? Let me see some hands if you have. Wonderful. Can you, can you testify that there are mountains and hills? There you go. <laughs> I hear that many times from people. They say one of the first things that you do when you have to understand, when you're going to Israel, one of the first things you need to buy is a good pair of shoes. Because you're going to come across some hills and some mountains. In the Hebrew, the word for mountain and hill is har. Everyone say har. Now there's your Hebrew word for today. You have learned one word in Hebrew. We're going to say it like pirates so you'll remember. Har. All right, there you go. Can I ask a question this morning? Why is it that when the Father calls His people, He didn't make it easy for us to come and worship Him? In other words, why didn't He just say, look, I'm over here, guys. There's a flat place. It's an easy walk. Just make it down to my, make it, come on over to my house. But He always tells His people, you come up to see me. You're going to start from a low place and I'm going to bring you up to see me. And you're going to have to overcome some obstacles there's going to be some things that are going to stand in your way there's going to be some mountains that you have to climb over there's going to be some things that are going to be into your life listen if you want to reach that point to where you worship him and be at a connection with him how many know you're going to have mountains in your life can i ask you a question how many of you have ever had a mountain or a hill that you've had to see what i'm saying why in the world? Even Listen, Pastor Ron, even when he called Israel out of Egypt, Exodus tells us that he called them from lower Egypt, from a low place, up into a, a mountain. He calls them to a high place to give them his word. It's interesting. Why didn't he make it easy? Because he says, I want you to grow. I want you, listen, I want you to be a people who are strong, who know how to walk this thing out, and who know how to represent me. Can I share this with you? Nothing good ever comes easy, does it? 
It's always a journey. It's always a walk. And one of the first things you need to understand is in your walk, you're, you're okay, we have a place where he calls us and ultimately it's going to be seeing Messiah face to face. But in our journey, there's also going to be some mountains and some hills. And I'm going to give you four things this morning. And I believe that there's some folks in the house today that you're on this journey but there's some things that are standing in your way from getting to a point to where you need to connect with him. And so I'm going to give you four things. Everybody say four. First thing is you need a new, you need a good pair of shoes. You need a good pair of shoes. Everybody say it with me, shoes. If you go to Israel today, just as the gentleman said, you're going to need a good pair of shoes. In your spiritual walk, you're going to have to have a good pair of shoes on because the walk is not always easy there's going to be some rocks there's going to be some things you're going to have to walk over and tread over scripture says this paul said this he said put on your feet he said shod your feet with what the two people i love these guys over here (laughs) the preparation of the gospel of peace everybody say peace So you need a good pair of shoes that's going to be, you have to have peace, number one, with your Father. In this journey and in this walk, He calls us to destinations in our life. He wants you to connect to those places that He's called you to, but you have to have a good pair of shoes, and that is having peace with Him, and now watch this, peace with each other. you got to have peace with each other. And can I share this? You should also have peace within yourself. See, isn't that how the devil does? He'll, we're talking about mountains today. You're going to climb those mountains, but the enemy will try to stop you, and he'll say things like, you're not worthy. You don't deserve that. You may even hear those whispers sometimes that, listen, God may be mad at you. He may be mad at you. you listen, some of you may even struggle with this. He doesn't really like me. Pastor, how many times have we had to deal with folks and tell them and reassure them, he really does like you. But we struggle with those things. Have peace within yourselves. You have the spirit of Messiah in you. Have peace. How do we have peace within ourselves? We read the word. We worship. We make sure that we're right this way and then right this way. But we also have to be right in our own hearts. How many of you have peace within yourselves? You ever live with somebody or know somebody that doesn't have peace within themselves? It's a hard road to walk. You have to have peace. The Hebrew word for peace is not just a nice, see, this is peaceful today. So peaceful. As I pulled in, the the birds are chirping, the sun is shining, very calm, very serene. It's a very peaceful place. But that is not the Hebrew concept of peace. The Hebrew word for peace is what? Shalom. See, sometimes I forget where I'm at, so when you guys came in, I was saying shalom, and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, they're not going to know what I'm saying. Shalom means nothing missing and nothing broken. How many would like to have true shalom? Nothing missing and nothing broken. Isn't that a beautiful word? Just like a whole piece of a puzzle that has come together. We get saved, but a lot of times we don't really have shalom. It's not just about a peaceful feeling, it's about being whole within ourselves and within Him. Shalom. Turn to your neighbor and say, Shalom. So there's the peace. You have to have on those shoes of peace, of Shalom, in our hearts, with Him, and with each other. What's the next thing we have to have? I'm so glad you asked that question. The next thing you'd have to have is determination. Determination. 
You have to be determined in your heart that you're not going to stop along this journey somewhere, even when you come across your mountain. When, see, in ancient Israel, you're making your way to the temple to worship, but you've got to get over some hills and some mountains. And remember, mountains, spiritually, speak of something that's blocking your way. Anybody ever have anything block your way? Wave at me if you have, so I know I'm in the right house. Okay, the rest of you can go and leave, I guess, but <laughs> no, I, I won't tell you to leave. But I will tell you this, if you've never had anything block your way, you will eventually. Because when you're walking this path, the enemy will do everything he can to discourage you, distract you, and block your way from getting to where the Father calls you to be. He's got a destiny for us. He's got a specific place for you and for me in this walk where ultimately we're going to see the Messiah's face. But the adversary will throw things in your path, a hill, a mountain. You've got to be destined. You've got to be determined and say, I am going to climb that thing. I'm not going to let this thing stop me from getting to where I need to be. Your, your whole journey is a worship journey. If it's not, you need to reexamine that journey. What are the things that the enemy can throw at us as a hill? Health issues. Bad marriage. Struggles in our jobs. How about struggles in our, our children? You know, even the father had struggles with his children. Ancient Israel. Anybody have kids? Yep. I've got seven. One in heaven, so there's eight. Um, it's, sometimes it's a struggle. Even the father had struggles with his children. Exodus tw uh, 32, 23, I believe it is. Exodus tells us that when he brought them out of Egypt, they struggled in their worship. When they couldn't understand, Moses went up into the mountain to get the word. And watch this, guys. They couldn't see Moses anymore, so they had to make something that they could worship because there was a mountain there. They said, well, what are we going to do now? Guess what they did? They built a golden calf. And they worship the golden calf. You talk about troubles with your children. <laughs> Interesting. I was sharing that with my son. I said, sometimes, you know, and they built this golden calf. I had to reassure my son. He said, is that where we get Catholics? <laughs> I said, no, son, that's not where we get Catholics. See, we, but I want to share this with you that you have to be determined in your heart and in your mind to make it over those mountains and get to that place where the Father calls you to be. Rav Shaul or Paul was determined in his walk. In fact, Scripture tells us that he, he was opposed many times. He was shipwrecked three times. He was beaten. He was, scripture says he was beaten with rods three times. They, that's an, an Egyptian torture where they would take the guys and they would lift them up and they would take these rods and they would bust the bottoms of their feet and beat them until they couldn't stand, break all the bones in their feet. But Paul said this, he said, having done all, stand. He was determined to do what he was called to do. In fact, there came a point in Paul's life where he said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And everyone warned him. Brother, they said, don't go. When you go, I mean, you had people giving prophetic words. They'd take their belts off and bind them up and say, when you go, they're going to take you to jail. You're going to end up in jail. They're going to do all kinds of things. And he said, I'm determined I'm determined. I have a set appointed place to be. And even though there's mountains that come in our way, we have to be determined. We're going to cross over those mountains just like Paul. Turn to your neighbor and say this. Say, be determined. See, don't let those mountains stop you. Those things that stop you. 
You need to get this in. We don't teach a whole lot. I don't, I don't know about here, but I know as a, as a whole, people don't teach a whole lot about determination. If you're going to be successful in this walk, you have to be determined. Well, what does that mean, Rabbi William? That means that you have to set in your mind, I am going to do what I need to do. Don't let anything else hinder you from this walk in the Messiah. Hindrances, troubles, and trials. Don't let it stop you. How, you say, well, that's easy for you to say. You're, you know, you're a fairly young man. How, how, you know. But we've had our troubles too. I've shared with this body before how when my wife was ill and I had all these babies and they said she was going to die, rare blood disease, I, we could have very well quit. I could have said, I'm done. I'm finished. But I, th I thought, you know what? He hasn't brought us this far. We've got a journey. We've got something to do. And I need, this is just another thing that we need to overcome. And so we determined in our hearts that we're going we're gonna to fight. We're going to win because we're already winners. I have an expression in our, in our family. I said, you're, we're winners, not wieners. Do you guys realize you're winners? This word tells us that we are winners in the Messiah. He has done the, he's done the job. And so we are seated in him and we are winners. But you have to determine. If you quit now, if you pull back now, you'll never see the fruit. Oh, you may make it to heaven. You know, we sing those songs. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Sing those songs and we focus on heaven. But he says, listen, your journey's here. That's the end all. Your journey is here. Be more than a conqueror for my name's sake. How many want to be more than conquerors this morning? Am I in the right house? Yes, more than conquerors. If you give up now, you'll never see the fruits as to what he says is coming. If I would have gave up when my wife, they said she was dying, and we would have never saw the fruit as to what we see now. And by the way, she's healed and delivered from all that. They said there was never any, they said to her, you know, you'll never even uh, survive this. It's death. Yeah, you'll die from porphyria. She's healed. She got healed. Praise Messiah. But see, we had to stand. Rabbi, you don't understand my situation. No, I don't, but he does. And he says this, you're more than a conqueror. You determine in your mind. You know what we like to do? We like to run from our mountain. We like to try to go. Isn't it interesting? Think about ancient Israel. They went around their mountain, didn't they? Over and over and over for 40 years. Mary, can you imagine passing the... Can you hear the Israelites? And they're passing... And, and so some grandma said, well, there's that same bush again. <laughs> Every year you see the trees get a little taller, you know. 40 years because they never learned to conquer their mountain. I love the story of Caleb and Joshua. Caleb was 85 years old. 85 years old. And what does Caleb say? He says, give me my mountain. Oh, you don't understand, Rabbi. I'm too old. I'm too sickly. There's too many problems. There's too much stuff. Let's have that spirit of Caleb that says, give me my mountain. Father, help us today. Give me my mountain. Say that with me. Give me my mountain. What is it that you're struggling with today that's got you from connecting to God Almighty, that's hindering your spirit. You need to come up with that and say, give me my mountain. Be like Caleb, 
So what was the first thing we talked about? Shoes. What's, what is the other thing we talked about? What was it? Determination. Good. What else do you think we need? Tell you this, you need to have a spirit of worship to overtake. To When you come to your mountain, you need to have that worship spirit in you. Um, for history, historically, I'll share this with you. The book of Psalms were songs to be sung. See, we read the Psalms, do we ever rarely sing them? But they were songs that were written to be sung by Moses, by David, by Korah. You had all these songwriters. And there's a group of Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. A-S-C-E-N-T, Ascent. Ascent means to go up. When you were in Israel, ancient Israel, and you were making your way to the place of worship, your destination, instead of grumbling and complaining and whining about how tough the road was, you began to sing these psalms. Spirit of worship. How many know that worship will always direct your mind and your spirit into the right place? Worship will always keep you focused. It wasn't always easy walking especially if you had children or older folks that had to make the trip. wasn't easy. You, aren't you glad we didn't have to bring sheep this morning to sacrifice? You had animals and you had all this stuff. I laugh because I think about when we were younger and we would have services and we would have, we had seven, so I mean, at one point we had some older ones, but we had five in diapers. And if anybody's ever had young children, you know how hard that is to get ready for service? That is an act of worship. It is. Preparing your children to get in the family is an act of worship. So, but it wasn't always easy. And sometimes I would be tired. I'd work in a, I was working full-time in a lumber yard. My wife was, would be tired from the kids all day. The kids, and I'm cranky, and now we have service Friday nights. Rev Shabbat, um, sundown on Friday. So... We were, everybody's getting ready, and boy, there were days we would be on our way, and can I just share this with you? The journey was not always a peaceful one. Sometimes when you're going, you ever notice that when you're coming to church or congregation, am I the only one that's ever been through that? And the kids are fighting in the back seat, and one of them's crying, and one of them's coughing, and somebody's throwing cookies in somebody's hair, and he's doing this to me, and I'm saying, don't make me turn this van around. Don't make me come back there. My kids are looking at me, and you're all mad, and then you pull in the parking lot, like, oh, John, how are you, brother John? Personality change right there. It's not always easy on the journey. How was it for the ancient Israelites? How was it for our lives on this journey? Don't, don't get the attitude of crankiness and meanness, but have that attitude of worship and praise. How else do we do? We f the part of the worship is not just singing. Now that's a good thing. You can sing. But part of it is also staying in the Word. And, and this is a way of worship as well. This was good today. Your worship. I always admire your worship team. Yeah, awesome worship team. But this is also worship. Your, your lifestyle, living this out, is also a form of worship. Keep the aspect and the mindset of worship. Everybody say worship. So we've got three things now. We've got the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've got determination. How many of you are determined? And we've got a spirit of worship. 
if we have those three things, we can get to the goal as to what he's calling us to do. If we don't, we'll lose it. I want to be one who stands before the Father and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You, how many want that? Then keep, keep doing the journey. When you come to your mountains, do what you can to overcome those mountains. Be a warrior for the king. Be strong. You might say, well, you know, as I, as I came today, you might say, well, who am I that he would even use me to do something? Your walk of worship is, is affecting people around you in your homes, your jobs. Listen, even in the stores. That walk of worship, it affects all those around you. And before you think, well, it's just me, listen, the Messiah lives in you. Yeshua, Jesus, lives in you. How many of you know that? I, Pastor Ron, I had a great revelation the other day. Almost ashamed to admit this revelation, but I had a great revelation the other day. Somebody, somebody, it was just a, a simple statement that somebody made, and I went, wow. They said, you know, even the good things that we do, the good things that we do, we tend to look at that as a credit to us. Well, thank God I got through that, or thank God I conquered that mountain. Can I share this with you? You didn't do that. He did it in you and through you. Because, listen, we couldn't even say no to sin without Him. Every good thing that we do is actually Him doing it in us and through us. That's why in the end, what do we do with our crowns? Do we, do we wear our crowns proudly and say, hey, I look, at, look at all my crowns? We cast them at His feet. Because even, even the good things, guys and girls, that we do, it's not us. It's Him. We can't even say no to sin without the power of the Spirit. So, so let's not think, well, we're going to do this in our power and strength. No, we ask Him to do it. Father, help me each day. And when you come across your mountain, these are the steps that you take to say, Father, you do it in me. Help me to have the shoes on. Help me to have the shalom. Help me to be determined in my heart that I'm not giving up. Well, I've known people, they have stood steadfast. Uh, marriage is not always easy. I've known people who stood steadfast in marriage and they, they saw the breakthroughs. If they would have given up, they'd have never seen the breakthroughs. Steadfast. Worship, a spirit of worship. And finally, let me bring you to one other thing. The fourth thing. I promised you four. The fourth thing is in Luke 11. I believe it's Luke 11. Go with me. I'm going to turn there. So you come across your mountain. You've done all you can. But there's one thing that I didn't touch on today, and it's in the New Covenant, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Look at Luke 11. Did anybody, are you all getting anything out of this today? Good. Four people. Praise the Messiah. <laughs> now they're going to they're get They're going to get it. Hallelujah. I'm gonna, I want to quote this to you. Let's quote you something. Messiah says this in the New Covenant. He says this. He says, have faith. Have faith in God. Have faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, have faith. 
You know what faith is? Faith is emunah. Faith means that is your foundation of everything. It's By the way, that's where we get the word amen. When you say your prayer, how many of you close your prayers with amen? You know what you're saying? That is a Hebrew word, and it means faithful. So when you say amen, in Jesus' name, amen, you are making a declaration that your prayer is resting on the foundation of his faithfulness. I love that. I could tell you stories of where he's been very faithful to us as a people. So Messiah says this, have faith in God. One translation says, have the faith of God. He said, you can, and watch this, he said, you can speak to your mountain. And he said, speak to the mountain and tell it to what? Move, be removed and be cast into the sea. And what happens to that mountain? He says, it may do it. It will do it. That mountain will be moved. But he said, you have to speak to your mountain. And the mountain will move and be cast into the sea. It will be removed. You know what we like to do, guys? We don't, we don't ever really speak to our mountains, do we? We like to speak about our mountains. We like to speak about the mountain, but we never, but very, I won't say never, but very rarely do we ever speak to the mountain. When was the last time you ever spoke to your mountain? You know what we like to do? We like to tell people about our mountain, don't we? Oh my goodness, let's describe the mountain. That's the flesh. We want to talk about the mountain, how big the mountain is, how awesome the mountain is, what the mountain looks like, a full description of the mountain. And the Messiah himself says this, He says, you don't speak about the mountain. You speak to the mountain. Do you know your words have power? Your words have power. I can demonstrate that. Gentlemen, I will give you a demonstration of that. You want to see how powerful your words are? In the morning, when you see your wife, you say, you look beautiful today. How many know that that has the power to affect the rest of the day? But if you tell your wife, she says, well, how do I look? And you say, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that dress. How many of you know your day is not going to go too well? (laughs) Power of the words. Messiah says this, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and the righteous will eat of its fruit. You have power in your words. Rabbi, that looks so strange. How do we speak to a mountain? Say it's a mountain of financial. How do I speak to that mountain? Get alone, get in your car, or get in your prayer time, and you speak to that mountain, and you tell it to move. Tell it to move. Is it a mountain of adversity that's affecting your your family? Tell it to move. Mountain of sickness, mountain of cancer, move in Yeshua's name. Mountain of financial, move in Jesus' name. But you have to speak to the mountain. You have to do it. I can pray for you. Pastor Ron can pray for you. The worship team could pray for you. But ultimately, listen, every spiritual being that is here, you have to take authority over your mountains. Pastor Ron cannot carry you over your mountains. You have to be the one that steps up and say, I'm going to take authority over this mountain. I'm going to do all that I can. How many want to be more than conquerors? We have this vision, you know, heaven is going to be, there's this, there's this finish line. And we see people kind of, kind of limping over. You know, if you're like me, sometimes you kind of feel like, man, I'm just going to come limping in, you know. 
Praise God, I made it. I'm here, brother. You know, limping across the finish line. By God, I made it. That's not what he's calling us. He's calling us to be more than conquerors. And when we come through, it's not in our own strength. It's a glorious bride. A glorious bride. No spot, no wrinkle, and no blemish. More than conquerors. What's your mountain today? What are you facing today? Father, help us to hear today. What's your mountain? Discouragement can be a mountain too. Some things set in. Anybody ever been discouraged? Sure. It's hard. Life is hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes life is really hard. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Can I be honest with you? There's some days, you know, some days we wake, we wake up and we just feel glorious. Wow, we're going to go and get this day. And there's other days that you wake up and go, oh, well, <laughs> having done all stand. <laughs> some days are not so easy. I can't tell you how many times that I have seen the enemy attack people and hurt people. And I've seen mountains in people's way. But I've seen people overcome those mountains too. I could tell you testimonies how good our God is, how great He is, and the awesome things. You guys are a testimony to that right here. How awesome our King is. Find two people around you and say, Our God is awesome. Just do that. Tell them, Our God is awesome. What's the mountain you're facing today? Speak to it. When you're having done all, you speak to that mountain. I got a guy in our congregation, he's a um, chiropractor. A woman came in. When you're, I'm just reminded of these situations that look like mountains. woman came in, and she was very, she was, he, the doctor could tell, Dr. Pete, I call him, was, he was, she was very down. And he said, what's wrong? And she began to weep. And she was pregnant, and she said, you know, she said, Dr. Pete, she said, the baby had, has died she said, the baby has died. There's no heartbeat. I have to go in, and they're scheduling surgery to remove the baby from my womb. And Dr. Pete said, boy, he said, he said, my heart was broken. He said, this is a patient of mine. I felt bad. And he said, Rabbi, he said, I said, well, can I pray with you? And she said, yes. Now, in the natural, that's a pretty big-sized mountain there. That's sad. In the natural, he said, Rabbi, he said, I would have prayed, well, Father, comfort her bring her through this time. But he said, Rabbi, something rose up in me. And he said, you know, it was very strange, but he said, I just began to speak life. He said, I spoke life. And I said, you did? He goes, yeah. I said, good for you. He said, I just spoke life over her. Life over her body. I just prayed life. Everybody say life. Now that looked silly in the natural, but that's all he said I could pray. No visible change in her, nothing. She wasn't happier. She was still sad. She came back later on, and she said, she said, Dr. Pete, she said, I was in the, in the operating room, and she said, they, she said, as they went into, as they began to do their thing, she said, they detected a heartbeat. They detected a heartbeat, and the baby is going to be fine. He said, that, he said praise Messiah. He said there, wasn't a, there was not a dry eye in the OR. Nurses were crying. People were crying. She was crying. That's a mountain. That's a big mountain. But see, he had some, he, this little lady had somebody to stand with her 
and help her. Interesting. We have to stand together sometimes. But ultimately, it's, are we going to receive that faith that Messiah says? Take your mountain, guys. You're not too old to take your mountain. You're not too wore out. For some of the younger people, he's, he's got good things. Listen, our life, the world that we live in, it looks crazy. We're in the last days. How many of you know that? We really are. We're a generation I would have never dreamed to see. We're a generation we are fighting over letting boys use girls' bathrooms. Strange times we live in. That looks like a mountain to this generation. But this generation, we're, he is raising up a group of people that are going to rise up and stand strong for him. And they're going to say, we're not going to let anything come between us and the God that we serve. Even though it may look mountainous. Transgender stuff, strange stuff. Very strange. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. What's your mountain today? What is it that you're standing in your way of worship? Standing in your way that's causing you defeat that looks like it's just looming in front of you. What is that mountain? Father, show us. Can I, um, Pastor Ron, I'm getting ready to wrap this up. I just wanted to be brief this morning, or should I go longer? Okay. He said I could be out, at least be done by four. So in that way. <laughs> Father's good. Don't we serve a good God? A good king? Boy, he's so good to us. I could tell you stories, just stories upon stories of how I've seen his faithfulness when all the mountains loomed up and yet we had to stand strong. Not always hard. Some days are easy, some days are not. But I want to encourage you in your faith. You be strong. The, the great, listen, your best days, our best days are ahead of us. It's not behind us. Our best days are ahead of us, guys. We're in a day and age where we're going to see the glory of Messiah be revealed. You know, if Peter could walk into a, as Peter would walk, they would, his shadow would heal people. How many know that's power? We are coming into a day and age where I believe you, sir, and you, ma'am, and your daughter, and all these people, if you'll stand strong, I believe you're going to come and see, you're going to have people coming to you to say, pray for me. The God that you serve is different. You serve a real God. You have a connection there because we're more than conquerors in the Messiah.